Oh, man, I just lost a chunk of my nest egg in the market whipsaw. Oh, sorry to hear that. Looks like I'll be wearing a yellow apron well into my 70s. Welcome to Wall... Hey, don't get down. Get educated. Listen to the Total Financial Hour with host Arif Halaby Sundays 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. What did you learn? How not to go backwards with the market, my friend, and have the opportunity to move forward with market growth. That's exactly what I need. So learn about your financial power with the Total Financial Hour Sundays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. here on AM870, The Answer. The Total Financial Hour is brought to you by Total Financial Solutions. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the Total Financial Hour. Now higher income strategy, learn from Arab Halaby. Learn about financial power, the Total Financial Welcome to the show, The Total Financial Hour. I'm Arif Halaby. Thanks for being with us this hour of the program as we talk about your family's finances. Of course, getting out of debt, managing money, planning for the future, what that's all about. How to keep yourself from making big mistakes. You know, look, we're the show that, that <laughs> speaks English to you. Uh, how many times do you listen? And there's some really good people on the air. Uh, you know, I'm not saying there, there's some that aren't, of course, but there's some really good guys. But what they seem to not do is speak English. They all think that you at least have a bachelor's degree in economics or finance or that you completely understand the derivatives of the market and the way the 20-year bond is crossing over the you – know, really, guys, come on. Isn't there a way to just keep it simple and easy to understand? I think that's an important part of having any financial professional in your life, whether it's your CPA or your, your attorney. could be a living trust attorney. You're going to do a living trust once. Come back in, oh, I don't know, maybe 30 years, hopefully 20 years before you ever have to – now, you should look at it every few years. But the point is it isn't going to actually be tested whether or not you did the right thing until after one of you pass away, right? That's part of the problem. That's part of the the, uh, scenario. So you have to look at it and say, how do I keep my financial life uh, on track and not wait until I'm – 60 or 65 or 70, not until you retire and say, all right, let me see if I did it right. You see, the good news if you mess up a living trust is, well, you're dead and it's somebody else's problem. The bad news if you mess up your retirement accounts is you have to live with the consequences. It's completely different than in the normal world where people say, well, you know, at least you get a do-over or in today's society where everybody just says sorry and they didn't mean it and life is all better. I think enough of you have to sit down to make sure that the income that you're expecting is going to be reasonable. It's going to be realistic. In fact, it's going to actually happen. About 19% of Americans have pensions. 19%, that's a big number, of working Americans have pensions. That's pretty darn good. Except do you understand that only 3% of those are private employers, private employees, meaning... 16% of working Americans have pensions paid for by the public, which means you and I, taxpayers. Now, if you think that those folks deserved it, I'm not going to argue that. I I think they did. I'm, I'm not saying they didn't. If you think they worked hard for it and maybe even they gave up something, gave up a vacation day or, or a high enough pay raise so that they could get benefits in retirement, that's all wonderful. The problem comes in when the politicians were promising things, over-promising things, and then they get to a place when they say, oh, by the way, uh, we're done, we're retiring, we're moving out of state. And your political uh, folks that committed to all of this, you know, Medicare for all, we're going to give a pension to everybody. In fact, this is what we, we need health insurance, free education, it's all about free. Well, who do you think is going to pay for that? You know, I was uh, with, of course, with this political climate recently. I was with somebody who who speaks uh, nothing but liberal, or I should say left progressive ease. In other words, their whole life is about progressivism. Okay. And I said, oh, look, part of the conversation, guys, is are, you, are your professors going to get paid? Are, are you going to pay the administrative staff? Who is going to pay for the employees who want health insurance? who have retirement plans, who are working at 
your your education institute and institutions who's going to pay for them and the person who was all about you know free education kids they're our future and had all this uh, you know anecdotal talking points sat there and said well gosh you know what i never thought about that i didn't know really so people are supposed I said, well, well they, they want to get paid and they want pay raises every year and they want to get cost of living increases and they want benefits and who's going to pay for them? As long as you go to the doctors and you tell the physicians, listen, I know you spent five or $600,000 on getting your MD. That's fantastic. 10, 12 years of your life. Fantastic. So you're going to make just a little bit more than a school teacher. You should make just a little bit more than, oh, I don't know, uh, a city worker that's been at the city or the county or the state for 6, 8, 12, 15 years. Because doctor, the reason you go to school is not just because you want to help people, but oh, by the way, you have to pay off your student loans and you probably want to become at least comfortable financially speaking. So don't think that you're a one-way street. We want free medications. We want free uh, health care. We want free education. Well, but who's going to pay for it? So if you're the retiree and you're the one that's sitting there and you've done the right thing, you save your money and you have a, a big boatload of people that want, deserve, think they need and, and probably do have a, have a level of uh, expectations, of course, and pensions, but who's going to pay for that? You guys understand that the pension system is broken. Not a little, by the way, but a lot. The California pension system is about $400 billion upside down. I love it. Almost everybody that comes in, well, that's nice, Eric, but not mine. I, you know, we, uh, I just received something in the mail from our union, and it said that we are 85% funded, and we're super healthy, and we're strong. And I, Okay, then why don't you just take 85% of your paycheck? Because that's what that number means. If your pension is 70% funded, that means in order to last forever, it needs to be 70% funded. 70% of what you're expecting to get paid today, and you're right, you have an amazing pension. I think you need to plan for 75%. Plan. So that means some of you have Social Security. So how do we make sure Social Security makes up some of the difference and what you're expecting. Now, if you're 78, 82, you're probably not going to see a big change because they're less likely to impact because, sorry, but your life expectancy isn't as much as a 58-year-old who's retired. Just isn't. So chances are they probably won't impact your pension in your mid to late 70s, early 80s. It's just not going to happen. But if you're in your 50s, if you're in your, when I came on the job as a Los Angeles policeman, some of you know this, I had a 20-year pension plan. That means at 21 years old, I could have retired at 41. And let me tell you how old that was. I'm like, oh, 21, 41, 41 years old. Those people are so old. <laughs> what? No. What am I going to do? Will my knees, will my back, will my head still work? Am I going to be in a wheelchair at 41? Right? Yeah, that goes to show you the wisdom of the youth. So we had to make some changes, right? The, the city had to make changes. Otherwise, you'd have a whole bunch of people retired at 40% of their pay and 41 years old, living another 40 years. So if that person had other income, Social Security-related uh, income, they could collect some dollars off of that. So we have to be careful. We have to think twice about this. I need you to plan so that you have strategic income some of it is going to come from your pension, some is going to come from Social Security, and some is going to come from your retirement. Your 401k, your 457, those are company or corporate or employer retirement plans. You need to make sure that you're earning enough income from that so that you don't have to go back to work when you're 68, so you don't have to return to work when you're 82. These are important things. Go to your local fast food restaurant. Right? You might see both, what I say, bookends. You're going to see younger people and you're going to see older folks. Go to your favorite big box store, the department store. Who do you see working there? 21-year-olds who have such an amazing work ethic? 
right? I had three jobs. I used to sleep in my car, not because I didn't have a house, but because to, to work between two jobs or to still go to school, I would get to school in the morning, swim team practice, sleep in my car, take my 10 a.m. class, right? That's what you did. If somebody said, hey, I'll give you a job and it was more money than I was making before, I would just add it. I wouldn't replace it because who's going to pay for my school? You? My dad made it very clear. This country only had one job to do, and that was to give you a chance, an opportunity, not to give you a guarantee. Right? My dad said something very important to me when I was young. He said, you have the best chance for success, but now the opportunity is in your hands. You can work three jobs. Nobody restricts it. You can work 10 jobs. Nobody stops that. You can work on weekends, Martin Luther King, Memorial Day, President. You can work any day you want. And you can save. And you can go to college. You can go to school. You can go to trade school. You can do anything you want. That's what the country's job is, is to give you a chance, to get out of your way as much as possible. The progressives say, oh, no, no, we, we have to control this part of your life. We're going to control that part of your life. We're going to control the bedroom part of your life. We're going to control every single thing, what happens inside of your car. Don't smoke cigarettes in your car if you have a, a minor child. Really? Everything is about control. The moment the government got into healthcare, do you realize they can regulate everything from fast food restaurants to how much exercise you get? to whether or not they're going to pay for certain types of procedures because, well, you just didn't value your body the same as another person. Look how overweight you are. You've chosen to smoke or to drink more than the collective thinks is okay. Listen, you want to know words that are going to lead you into a place of, in my opinion, dictatorship, tyranny, and fascism? And I think it's not dumb people. I think these people know. Common sense. Common sense food laws. Common sense gun laws. Common sense. Oh, gosh. Uh, we just think we should be fair. Hey, everybody, we're going to be fair. Right? Fair to who? Common sense for who? Well, we just want reasonable. As soon as I hear progressives say reasonable, I watch my, uh, my wallet and I take a look at my freedoms. Because that's the first thing they're going to take. We want reasonable. We want common sense. And we just want to be fair. People should pay their fair share. Ooh, fair, fair for what? 888-99-RETIRE. 888-99-RETIRE. 888-997-3847. That's our phone number, folks. If you'd like to give us a call, you can call right here on the air. Okay, listen, you've decided to move outside of California. (laughs) Maybe the election mm, just didn't go your way. Well, you're not the only one. What we're seeing is a lot of people are leaving California. Gavin Newsom messed up Sacramento. Sorry, uh, uh, San Francisco. Yeah, and Sacramento, actually, as a lieutenant governor. He took San Francisco and, and took a beautiful state and ran it into the ground. And instead of fixing it, he was uh, summarily promoted to lieutenant governor by, by you, the citizen. And enough of you people voted for him. And we think that that's okay. So, okay, that's where he is. But what are most Americans doing? They are, they are challenging, in some cases, that common sense law. And a lot of you in California are leaving. Allstate just moved out nearly all of its claims handling jobs. Thousands of jobs from Allstate. That's just one company. I can go on with Pepsi and Nestle, Toyota. They all moved. Now, uh, Allstate moved to Arizona, Chandler, uh, Phoenix, Tempe, that area, Arizona. Plano, Texas, that's where Frito-Lay moved. Nestle moved to Virginia. Companies are not stupid. Companies care about money. They don't care about, they're not left or right. So when you're a company and your goal is to save money, you try to save money. It's, it isn't, well, we're going to support this company or, or this city or that. So enough people have made some changes and some challenges. So consider this then, guys. I think here's one of the challenges. If you are planning on moving outside of California, uh, 
to, to live during retirement, here are some things that I want you to know. Number one, if you're considering, if you said, you know what, time is, time is <laughs> time to change, I want you to rent first. Now, why do I say that? Because you need to rent first. If you don't, what takes place is an opportunity for you to find and maybe end up living in the wrong side. The wrong side of the city, the wrong side of the uh, community. Where are your doctors? Where's your recreation? Where are your favorite places to shop? Your church, a place that you spend a lot of time. A lot of this is going to be based on you trying to get familiar with the town. Now, you might have been there. You might have been there for vacation or we go there every summer. We love it. That's where we want to retire. Well, what's the winters like? What, what side of, of the road is uh, morning traffic and afternoon traffic? And which way are you going to be going during that time of day? You don't want to have to go, oh, I'm going to go to the store. I'm going to go shopping. And during the time of day you would normally do that is the time of day everybody else is coming home from work. I'll give you an example. I used to live up in the mountains. In fact, my first home was uh, up, in, up in the mountains. And at that point in time... We bought on the what's called shady side of the mountain. I don't know if you know that, but there's a shady side of a mountain in the community. And so what ended up happening was for seven years, our side of the mountain didn't get the snow plowing when it should. We didn't get as much sun. Well, there was a reason. The homes were a little bit less expensive on our side of the mountain. Well, when you're 23 years old and your wife is 21 and you're buying your first home, uh, we didn't know this. So this is a good chance for you to learn a little bit about why and what things are happening and what changed. So what this means is if you're going to be moving to another community, you need to see what happens with road closures between 4th of July, Christmas parades, right? Those are good things. Where are you going to spend your time? So I always say rent for a year. Rent for a full year so you see all four seasons. You get an idea of what's happening. So once you've established where your doctors, your recreation, your favorite restaurants are located... Then you'll need to find out what side of the town works best for you. We talked about the flow of traffic. Listen, this is a big deal because traffic is now much, much worse in some parts of the United States. You might think you're leaving California because the traffic is horrible. But guys, let me tell you, it's not what you think, right? Dallas is just as bad as California in some places, downtown. Phoenix. Oh my gosh, you guys. Las Vegas. Have you been there lately? You're in a little Los Angeles. Now they've been pretty good as far as trying to get ahead of it. As far as I know, the last 25 years that I've been going there, there's been construction, road construction for the last 25, 30 years of my life. But I think more people have moved in there. There's more freeways. There's, there's congestion. So just look to see So you don't jump from the frying pan into the fire because a lot of people will do that. Your retirement accounts need to have flexibility so that if you say, okay, I need to turn on my income, I need to have more income because we decided to live on this side of the town and the homes are more expensive. We're going to have to fly out of the, okay, I don't mind living in, you pick the, pick the, you know, the desert, Tucson or or Vegas, whatever. But for two and a half, three months out of the, the year, I'm gone. I'm going to live in the Caribbean or in Alaska or I'm going to travel. Well, that's, that takes extra money. You weren't doing that when you were retired. i uh, sorry, when you were working. But when you retired, it's a whole new expense, isn't it? So we have to make sure that what we're doing is planning for the extra expenses. Because when you work Monday through Friday, the only real time you have to spend significant money is going to be on Saturday. Well, when you're retired, you have a lifetime of Saturdays. And that lifetime of Saturday says you need to figure out how to keep yourself working, how to keep yourself busy, productive, and not in a position to where you're going to uh, regret buying a house in the wrong side of the community. I have a friend who just uh, recently moved to Las Vegas, and she put offers on multiple houses. You know, one it fell through, one she was in a bidding war. And so as she would do that, she would tell me, oh, here's where... Here's where I moved, or here's the house that we got. I pulled up. Oh, it's beautiful. Wow. Well, I started noticing a pattern. The homes were all over Vegas. By Henderson, north, south, east, west, literally in nearly every corner. I think there might have been six or eight homes that she had bid on. But all over the place, not concentrated in one school district. Her kids are older. Of course, she's closer to retirement. 
not where her husband was going to have his doctors because they didn't, they didn't focus on that. But all she did is want, in my opinion, she was trying to leave. In other words, you're either running to something or you're running from something. Whenever you're relocating, if you're running to something or running from something, you have to know that because running to something gives you a little bit clearer perspective. But when you're running from something, you'll take anything. And I think that's what was happening. She was so disgusted with the state and the way it was run and the taxes that her and her husband were paying because they're right in that middle class, right? You guys call them rich. They would say, well, we're middle class. We can pay our bills. So you ended up in a, in a bucket of dollars. Where, am I, where do I want to be taxed? So they chose. But, but the home was all over the place. Instead of saying we wanted to live on this side of town because we like the weather or the traffic pattern or there's great jobs or whatever it was, it was just trying to get the heck out of Dodge. So keep that in mind, guys. If you're going to be running to something or from something, it can make a difference. It can make a difference on what you call normal. Okay, because your life, after the vacation is over, because there will be, it'll be fun, it'll be exciting, you'll hang out in the pool or at the spa or whatever it is that you're doing, and then it becomes a life. And it becomes, oh, we have to mow the lawn, we have to get the, the groceries, we have to go to the restaurant. Whatever you're doing, it becomes normal. So you want that part of your life to still be interesting and exciting. You don't want it to be something to where you cannot enjoy what you do in your, your uh, retirement years. All right. I want to talk about Social Security after the uh, bottom of the hour here, so stay with us as we continue in just a few minutes. But uh, keep this in mind, guys. You can give us a call at 888-99-RETIRE. Let me give you the direct number, 888-997-3847. That's 888-997-3847. The important part is to know that that number works all week long. So even if we're not in the office, you can give us a call uh, it'll go to the machine, of course, when, when our staff's not there. But we're there 8 a.m. to about 8 p.m. There's somebody there answering phones. Uh, we'll be happy to – you can pop into the office. I'd love to talk with you. You can set up a phone appointment. There's never a charge to meet with me, never a charge to talk. Uh, here's a little trick in the financial world. Surprise. There might be one or more tricks, huh? It's simple. Every product, every service in the world, whether you're buying a laptop computer or meal at a restaurant – or my reading glasses that are in my hand, no matter what, everything has a profit built into it. And those profits, that profit, believe it or not, is designed to pay people along the way. The truck driver who brought it, the lady who manufactured it, the guy who sold it to you. Well, financial services products, insurance, investments, retirement accounts, annuities, they're all the same thing. They all have a profit built in to pay people. Some financial guys have chosen to charge you a fee as well. And they think they're doing you a favor by seeing your accounts, but they get paid twice in many cases, sometimes three times from the same account and the same dollar. We don't do that. All right? There's one, there's a, there's a couple of folks that I'm not a, a fan of. You know, uh, there's some out there that have Ponzi schemes they got involved with. They're, they're in trouble. They shouldn't be doing it. It's not difficult Right Last week, we had a $150 million Ponzi scheme. And it was an AM870 listener came in. He said, Arif, here's what's going on. I took a look at it. I said, oh, gosh, this doesn't look good. We did a little research. We found out that it's a Ponzi scheme that the SEC, the Securities Exchange Commission, has looked in and said, this is, uh, this is a bad news. So they shut him down, investigations, FBI. Here's the bad news. It was his nephew. His nephew was one of the guys that sold it to him. It's one thing if you're 55 years old and you have a whole bunch of money for retirement and it's a small dollar and you say, well, I took a chance. I know it sounded too good to be true, but I, uh, uh, no, no, no. This was everything, $350,000 gone. He said, well, how much do you think I'm going to get back? I said, probably nothing. He said, what do you mean? I said, maybe 10 cents on the dollar count on nothing. And if we're wrong, hey, great news. But don't expect it to change anything in your life, financially speaking. It's probably not going to come back. So folks, when that happens, you need to kind of keep in mind that this is your financial life and somebody has to take care of you. I'm not a fan of these get rich quick schemes. 
You're going to see a few of them out there. Oh, you can get 5% interest. You can get 6% interest. And when you look around, you go to the, go to the, uh, the banks or the, the safer institutions, and you say, well, 5 seems kind of high. Maybe that's not the case. So be very careful. All right, we're going to come back. We're going to talk about Social Security, some tips and tricks with Social Security, maybe something you didn't even know about when we come right back. Plus, I'm going to have some news that I need you to pay attention to because this just came out last week as well. Uh, Actually, in fact, we have two things that just came out last week. So we'll be here for you when we return on your place for news, talk, and information. This is AM870, The Answer, the Total Financial Hour. I'm Eric Hallaby. Thanks for staying with me as we come back in just a minute. On AM870, The Answer, the Total Financial Hour. We'll be right back. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the Total Financial Hour. All right, welcome back to the show. Thanks for staying with me. My name is Eric Hallaby, the Total Financial Hour. For those of you just joining us, you're listening to AM870, The Answer. Hey, your place for news, talk, and information, folks. A good idea is to understand uh, the game that you're playing. You, you understand everybody touches money. It doesn't matter. If you touch money when you're two years old or 102, I think everybody touches money every single day. Whether it's today, it's a debit card or credit card, or it could be just uh, you know online banking. But you're involved with money every single day from the shiny brown penny when you were little. Except nobody tells you how it works. If you guess right, you win. If you guess wrong, you lose. If you figure it out then you're smarter than the average person. If you don't, then you're subject to whatever political side of the aisle wants to, to prey on your ignorance, right? That's why you heard me at the beginning of the show, Medicare for all. We say, yeah, we should get everybody. Everybody should get free education. You go, okay. Hey, by the way, uh, who's paying for this? Or, hey, hey uh, can you tell me, are the doctors still going to get paid and the professors and the administrators and the pensions? Because if you're not understanding how money works, then you'll fall for that stuff. That's what people do. So I want you to stay on top of that, right? I think financial literacy is very important. Teaching your kids. We have a great school. It's called Money School. It's a money class. It's just a financial class that we'll run. It's not, uh, it isn't accredited by the Western Association of uh, Colleges, it's a, but it's a great place. It's called Money Basics. The response is unbelievable. I think I have 14 curriculums over the years that I have used, uh, that we've created. Some we use uh, uh, CPAs and we'll use attorneys and real estate professionals and loan brokers. So there's a variety of folks that, have, that are part of it. Uh, it isn't just me, of course. But we talk about money basics. Why are rich people rich? What's the difference between leasing and buying a car? All right, those are important questions that nobody ever told anybody because offer uh, time and again, you don't have enough people giving you, uh, I don't know, solid advice, it just seems. So enough folks still haven't figured it out in financial world, so, so let's give a, a call. It looks like we have a caller on the, on the phone. Mike, let's see if I can pull you up, Mike. Mike, are you there? I am. Hey, Mike, how are you? Thanks for calling in. This is Eric Hallaby on the Total Financial Show. What's your question? Yes, sir, how are you doing? I am great, well, thanks. I just had a question. Uh, I just wanted to find out more about... Uh, you're offering on the radio, don't listen to the program here, that um, how to keep your gains for the year um, without losing your principal. Uh, of course, I just went through this little, uh, I don't know if they call it a correction, but whereas I lost most of my gains for 2017, you know, wow. about a couple hundred dollars. Last year, I did really well, made uh, lots of money in the market, and I kept pretty much everything where it was, and I was doing pretty well for the year. But this last couple of weeks, you know, you just see your uh, gains kind of gone. Yeah, so here's so what happens. I'm thinking about... Sorry. Yeah, it's Sorry. a good question. It's a good question. A lot of people are focused on uh, how do I become wealthy? How do I become successful? And, and our goal is to say how do we protect your wealth where you're going to get reasonable gains? So there's a variety of products and solutions out there. There's a lot of places out there where you can save money, earn reasonable rates of return. Our main purpose is to do a couple of things. Uh, how do we keep the gains? Well, a fixed indexed annuity or a fixed annuity, a CD, money market accounts, any time when your money is not at risk, then you have the ability to go and take multiple sources 
of income and never run back. So that's a very important part to each of our uh, financial life. Look, you have to have some place that you're going to earn money and never go backwards. But thanks for calling, Mike. I appreciate the question. I like different products that, number one, protection of principle. That's very important. Once we say that, then it eliminates a lot of other products. So Mike's point is very important. When you get to a place where you cannot afford to lose your principle, what do you do? Look, this is kind of important, guys. Social Security is only supposed to replace about 40% of your pre-retirement income. That's all. And some of it, maybe even as much as 85% of it, could be taxed. So if you file at age 62, remember your benefit decreases 25% every year until your full retirement age. If you only have one source of guaranteed source of income, in other words, Social Security, you can't mess this up. I'd like you to say, listen, if I, for every $100 I have, if I have some coming in from safety, some from risk, some from guarantees, some that has liquidity or access to it. So you take that 100% and you, you, you decide what percentage you want to keep safe. Here's a kind of an important part. Three out of 10 retirees are saying that Social Security payments are less than they originally expected. That means people made plans and only 30% of them uh, and 30% of them are, are trying to figure out what the heck happened. In other words, they're earning less money. Here's just one common error that soon-to-be retirees make. I think you guys need to know this. Uh, you don't know what your full retirement age is. FRA, or full retirement age. 888-99-RETIRE, 888-99-RETIRE, 997-3847. Okay, what is a full retirement age? It used to be 65. Now, Remember, uh, well, who was it? Um, Franklin Roosevelt and Lyndon Johnson, presidents that presided over uh, the institution of uh, Medicare and, and Social Security, basically the foundation of what we call today our entitlement programs. Do you know that both of those gentlemen died at 63 years old? 63. And the average life expectancy wasn't much past 65, 67, 68, meaning if you got to age 65, Franklin Roosevelt was trying to say, listen, take those older people off the payroll. We're trying to get out of this depression thing. So take the old people off the payroll. The government will pay them. You can now go and hire one or two more people for everyone that we've now covered because the guy's going to only live a few years anyway, and at least we can get people back to work sooner. That was one of the reasons to create a social security. It was a safety net. It was a floor. But you need to know what your full retirement age is because it isn't 65 anymore. It's moved up. The age at which you can take, quote, an unreduced benefit. Every year under that, it's about an 8% reduction, 8. So if you were born between 1943 and 1954, then your age is 66. It isn't even 65. You can still start at 62. It's just a lower number. If you have multiple sources of income, it's my opinion that one of you, husband or wife, should consider starting your Social Security at age 62. Let the, older, uh, the, uh, the, the larger check grow. And then at age 70, all Social Security checks stop growing. There isn't a continual increase. It's it, unless they give a, a pay raise to everybody else. So hold off on one of the benefits, usually the larger of the two, because when one of you dies, you lose the, the lower payment anyway. So one of you passes away, the lower payment's gone, and yet you could have been collecting that lower payment for many years prior to age 70. Here's what I'm worried about. Since retirees are failing to realize they can file for benefits up to three months before in advance of receiving their income, but they can also stop it. In the first year, you could say, oops, I want to do over. You're allowed to do that. You just have to pay back the money. So if you received money, if you turned it on two or three months ahead of time and you say, oh, you know what? I got a job and I didn't expect to. I don't want to start it. You have one year to stop it, pay the money back, and then it continues to increase. Isn't that exciting? It actually gets to grow. Since I am worried about a, a big part of this, guys, early, filer, early filers, that's what you're called, you start to receive benefits 
at age 62. Many of you think that you're you're going to get a pay raise at age 66. In other words, you think, oh, well, when it hits 66, it's that other number that they put on the paperwork. Not the case. Not the case. If you're 66 and don't start taking checks until that time, okay, well, that's the new payment. But if you already started at 62, that's the payment minus whatever cost of living increase, which by the way, in the last 10 years, I think you've had one. Because every time they increase it, two or three times they've increased it, it goes directly where? Poof, to Medicare. Comes in the front door, goes out the back door. It's got to be illegal for them to take Social Security money and put it into the Medicare system. I bet you it's illegal. So what do they do? They use you as the conduit. Since they want to get more money into the Medicare, since we've messed up our, our medical system, and everybody said to, to Obama and the Democrats, hey, but you guys, we're going to mess this up. Oh, you're just in the pocket of the insurance companies. Oh, you just want the doctors. Oh, you – no, no, what you're doing is wrong. Well, surprise, it's wrong, right? They messed it up, and the only way to fix it is to pay more to you in Social Security, take it out the back door into Medicare, and now you have – a way to, to funnel money, to filter money back into the Medicare system. One of the things that I want you to consider is to look at multiple sources of income that turn on at different times. So you can retire younger, but take your chunk of retirement money, 401k money, and let's split it into two or three buckets. Let's have one start right away or in five years one start in three years, maybe five or six or seven years. Another one starts at, let's say, 10 years, meaning we have one starting every couple of years. Now, three years, five years, 10 years. And by doing that, the ones that are starting later are continuing to grow. And because we don't put it in the market, you're not going to have to make 10s or 12% returns to make up old money. Look, what I do is every time you earn interest, it's new money. But the average or the, what we say is the reasonable rate of return, it's going to be somewhere between three to six. That's our experience. What can I promise you? Zero to 12. You're going to make somewhere between zero to 12. I have seen an average over time somewhere in the neighborhood of three to 6%. Okay, three to six. Three, four, five, six. We had eights. I had 7.2 last week. That's great. But when you start to think that you're supposed to earn 10s or 12s, folks, it's not going to happen. You know, Mike had a good point. Hey, hey, listen, this is my retirement money, guys. Why is it okay for your broker to never lose? I mean, did you know that? Do you realize they never lose? They tell you that they're managing your money. Can you imagine what the fees are? Let me tell you. Friday, the client sits in my office. They said, Arif... We have, they had a bunch of accounts. This was an $80,000 account. We have $80,000 in this account. But Eric, we really started with about 72 and it's about the same, you know, it's gone up, it's gone down, but we're, we're, we're just a few thousand dollars more than what we started with. Okay. Well, let me see. How long have you had it? Oh, we've had it since 2012, February. So that's six good years, almost seven. So we looked at it. The fees they were paying were two and a half percent in fees. Okay, so do the math. Two and a half percent is what? Let's call it $1,800, right? $1,800 plus or minus. Now do the math times that, guys. 1,800 times six years. That means the broker has made, what, somewhere in the neighborhood of eleven uh, dollars or $12,000? And guess what the client made? Seven or eight. Because look... If the financial guys or gals are going to uh, tell you how much their fees are annually, 1% a year, 2% a year, okay, ask them the total cost. What does it cost me? What is my total cost? Not their fees, not because there's 10 or 12 or 15 different fees, M&E charges, 12B1 fees, expense ratio, right? They bury all of these fees advisory fees. So don't play along with that game. I'll say, oh, that's nice that you charge 1%. Okay, so you charge 1%, but what is my total cost? And they'll say two, two and a half, fine. But if they're going to tell you whatever the fees are per year, 
then you need to ask them, what is my interest per year? But they give you interest. Oh, you put your, you opened your account with 70,000. It's worth 90. Oh, that's not bad. But you have to ask if you're giving me the interest credit since the beginning of the account, then you have to ask, what are my fees since the beginning of the account? Because those traditional accounts, they don't lock in the rate. They don't lock in your gains. We do. Market goes up, you're going to earn some interest. It goes down, you stay the same. Goes up, you make some money. Goes down, you stay the same. Your family never goes backwards, but here's the key. You're not going to get 15 or 20% returns. And every year you want to take out money from our accounts, fine. You can take out 10% per year after the first year. Now, if it's an IRA, you're going to pay taxes. If you have some interest and it's not an IRA, you still might pay taxes, right? So, so we don't play the game with, well, we're trying to hide from taxes. No, no, no. It is what it is. Whatever your CPA says is what it is. But your accountant is going to lay out the, the tax strategy. Your financial professional can't be the only one who wins. That just doesn't seem right. And when you ask them, so what am I paying for? Well, we manage the account. Oh, okay. Well, I noticed you were on vacation or you took a lunch break when I called one day. Well, yeah. Okay, so let me back up. This is my life savings. I've given it to you. You're charging me a fee to do something. What is that again? Management. Got it. Then you better not go to the restroom. You better not take a lunch break. Heck, you better not go on a vacation. When the market is open, because this is my life savings, who is watching it? And he'll say, oh, oh, oh. Well, see, what we have is a program. It's a computer program. It's a management system. Say, oh, okay. What's that mean? Well, you know, we have guys in in New York and Chicago and uh, Century City and all these people are, you know, very bright and they take the money and they, they spread it around and they, okay, got it. So then why am I paying you again? So that you can fill out a form and go name address, social security number. I'm paying you. Oh, well, we don't get all of the money. Some of it goes to them. No, no, no. The management fee stays with that person. I always found it fascinating that at the end of the month or the end of the quarter, brokers will start to rebalance the allocation of your portfolio and remanage. I don't know why. Maybe it's because that's the only time they charge a fee. So if the money is sitting in the money market account, which means you can't lose it. If the money is in your protection of not going backwards, they can't charge a fee. Look, I, I have a lot of friends that, that sell these products. That's fine. They're not bad guys. I just say, look, I don't want you to think that something is what it isn't. Right? The purpose of this money is simple. It's to be there when you need it. If you want to take a risk, if you want to gamble, if you want to, to, to buy a startup or there's a new company that's coming out or an initial public offering, right? an IPO, fantastic. Fantastic. We're not going to make you rich. Those things might. We will never. My job is to keep you from being broke. Those are two different jobs, two different people, two different outlooks, right? One of us isn't bad or good, I don't think. I just think they have different purposes, different jobs. If you want to protect what you've gained, that's what we do. And if not, at least you're going to learn something because our shows, I think, are pretty interesting. Right? Uh, when we talk about Social Security, uh, I want to give you a couple of things. I can't imagine how many people did not know this. I didn't even, to me, it was just normal. I, in fact, I was telling uh, Logan, my son, who uh, works for me, he's a great young man, I was telling him the other day. You know, it seems like people should have gone to school and learned about financial stuff, just like English, history, civics, because you're all are going to receive a paycheck no matter what you do. But people don't. Should you buy or lease a car? I don't know. Should I save in a savings account at a bank or a credit union? Should I get this credit card or that credit card? Nobody ever tells you. So we have to figure this out that sooner or later, somebody's going to make a mistake. And that's what people do. They make a big mistake in some cases and they screw up and they try to figure it out. And what happens? All right. So here's something I need you to know in social security. If you are taking it early, which means at age 62 and you are earning more than it's about 17,000 a year, when you 
make more than that $17,000, they are going to take some money back from your Social Security. So your check is reduced, right? You were supposed to receive $2,000. Now you might receive $1,100. Well, what do they do with that extra money? Most people, in fact, everybody I've spoken to think the money just disappears. It just, it's gone. But when you reach that full retirement age, that FRA, usually age 66 or 66 in three months, whatever it is for you, when you reach that age, they give it back to you. So they increase your check. Now, instead of it being 2000 a month, because it does, it jumps right back up to where it was. So you were getting 1100 a month, 1100 Now you hit the full retirement age. It's now 2000 Plus, they take the $900 that they were taking from your check before, and they spread it out, and they increase your check. Instead of 2000 maybe it's 21 or 2300 but that's when you get an increase. And now there are no more restrictions on how much money you could make. Isn't that exciting? So you might say, I want to start my social security. Well, maybe what are you going to do with that $1,100? If you said, well, I'm going to take that extra money and I'm going to use it to pay down a credit card. I like it. I'm going to take that extra money and make sure it gets into my, my Roth IRA or increase my 401k account or pay off my house early or pay down my car or pay down my student loans. I'm all for it. What I don't want you to do is just take it and save it in a bank when you now have to pay taxes on money that's just sitting around. Listen, if you don't have money for emergencies, then then fine. I like the savings. But if you do and you're just doing it to do it, consider not. Consider delaying it until you reach a little older in age. We just had this uh, recently come across a lady who is 70, I think she's 71, and she is still paying student loans. Now, let me make something clear. Student loans never leave you. <clears throat> I was listening to a comedy skit, you know, on the, <laughs> the car. You guys you guys get that, uh, the different XM channel, right? Uh, kind of fun stuff. Listen to a comedy skit. And the comedy skit says, uh, we should have had Osama bin Laden be chased by the people that do student loans because they never seem to miss. They find you everywhere. When somebody's missing, you can't hide. You can hide from all sorts of people. Student loan folks, they hunt you down. Somebody's missing. America's top 10. FBI's top 10 missing. All you do is hire the folks at student loans. Why? Because today's student loans go after your social security check. Did you know that? About 100,000 Americans are collecting Social Security and having it garnished, some of it garnished, by the IRS to pay student loans for themselves, going back in their 50s to get their master's degree, or their children if they took out Parent PLUS loans, or their grandchildren, some of them co-signed for lots of reasons. They might have taken care of their grandchildren. And now you get to Social Security age and you start collecting, and that check is being garnished. Now, they cannot go below $750. Whoopee. That means you're still going to have $750. So if you owe more than, let's say you're collecting $2,000 a month in Social Security, but you didn't pay back the student loans, or worse, right? You co-signed for your daughter, son, nephew, whoever, and you think that they're paying it, and they're not. One day you get your Social Security check, and surprise, it's been garnished. And you were expecting 2000 a month, and you now receive 750 Guys, you have to be very careful. They, uh, student loans do not disappear. President Obama signed a deal that said that the IRS is now the collection agency for student loans. I don't know if he did it on purpose as a way to kind of push the idea that it's going to collapse sooner than you think. But more universities are getting away from accepting students with student loans. In fact, some universities don't accept any student loans. So this is how much you have to pay. We'll pay the rest, says Harvard. We'll pay the rest, says Brown or uh, Yale University, because they have such large endowments. So think twice if you're getting closer to retirement age. And I say closer within 10 years. Think twice about signing for a student loan for your college grad or your your student, child, daughter, son, because that derails so many retirement plans, so many people who want to buy their vacation home or their retirement home. Sorry, 
you have too much debt. You're like, no, I'm doing fine. Sorry, those, those student loans are in your name. Even though somebody else might be paying them. You guys have to be very careful, all right? Hey, thanks. Thanks for listening. Let me give you my number. 888-99-RETIRE. That's 888-997-3847. I'm Eric Hallaby on the Total Financial Hour. Uh, you can always go to our Facebook page. Like us on Facebook. You can even go to our, our website, uh, tfswealth.com. TFS stands for Total Financial Solutions. TFSWealth.com. Thanks for listening to your place for news, talk, and information. This is AM870, The Answer. KRLA, folks, 888-99-RETIRE. That's my number. Have a wonderful weekend. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Halaby. Learn about financial power. The Total Financial Hour. The Total Financial Hour is brought to you by Total Financial Solutions. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.